Welcome. The following presentation from Answers in CME is part of an educational activity titled A Vaccinator's Guide to Viral Vector-Based COVID-19 Vaccines. To access the full program and supporting materials, please visit the activity URL in the episode description. This activity is supported by an educational grant from Janssen. I'm Dr. George Cassianos. I'm a family doctor and general practitioner at the National Immunization Lead for the Rare College of General Practitioners and president of the British Global and Travel Health Association. I'm pleased to be with you today to give you a vaccinator's guide to viral vector-based COVID-19 vaccines. It is important first to understand how vaccines work by triggering the immune system to remember the antigen in the vaccine and to produce antibodies against it. The SARS-CoV-2 virus that causes COVID-19 infection uses its spike protein to latch onto our cell's ACE2 receptors. This enables the virus to gain entry into our cells. Our cells then become factories for producing viral proteins from the SARS-CoV-2 genetic material. The end result is that the virus manages to multiply as new copies of SARS-CoV-2 go on to infect other cells, which in turn repeats this cycle of multiplication. Generally, we have three main approaches to designing vaccines against the SARS-CoV-2 virus. The traditional approach is to use the whole virus. The second method uses parts of the virus that trigger the immune response, such as a target protein. The third method is to use the genetic material of the virus. The traditional approach is to use the whole virus. Either we inactivate the virus, that is, we create a kill vaccine, or we attenuate the ability of the virus to cause disease, but it does retain the ability to cause an immune response. The second method uses parts of the virus that trigger the immune response, such as a protein from the virus. The third method is to use the genetic material of the virus. In this case, the DNA of the virus is first turned into messenger RNA, which contains instructions for making the spike protein. This, in turn, causes an immune response to the target spike protein and antibody production against it. The viral vector vaccines use a safe-for-humans virus that is no longer able to replicate. That is, it cannot multiply. This non-replicating safe-for-humans virus delivers the specific protein of interest, the spike protein, that can trigger the immune response without the non-replicating virus being able to cause the disease. Our immune system then forms antibodies against the spike protein which is the aim of vaccination. In summary, different COVID-19 vaccines have different mechanisms of action. Understanding these differences will help us, clinicians and vaccinators, dispel misconceptions that patients may have related to how the vaccines work in our bodies. In the next session, we will discuss the key efficacy data for viral vector-based COVID-19 vaccines. We have two viral vector-based COVID-19 vaccines, J-Coften and Vaxxervia. Both vaccines are indicated for individuals aged 18 years and over. J-Coften is given as a single-dose vaccine if there is a need to give a booster 
that can be administered two or more months after the single dose was given. Baxabia is given as two separate doses. The second dose is given four to 12 weeks after the first dose. The Ensemble study is an international randomized double-blind placebo-controlled phase three trial that compares the J-Covden against placebo. Single dose of J-Covden vaccine as the primary cause protected well against COVID-19 of any severity, reaching efficacy of 85.4% at 28 days after the single dose vaccination in preventing severe critical disease. In this study, vaccine recipients with breakthrough COVID-19 infection had fewer and less severe symptoms compared to placebo recipients with COVID-19. This suggests perhaps that the COVID-19 may be more of a milder illness after vaccination. What you see here in the ensemble study is when the two lines of placebo and the active vaccine actually divert. In the case of moderate to severe critical cases for COVID-19, they diverted after two weeks, but for severe critical cases, in fact, they diverted already from day seven onwards. Vaxerbia was studying in a double-blind randomized placebo-controlled phase three study. The overall efficacy was about 74%, but for severe or critical symptomatic COVID-19, it was 100%. No severe or critical symptomatic COVID-19 cases were reported among the fully vaccinated subgroup compared to eight cases in the placebo group. The vaccinated group also had significantly fewer COVID-19-related emergency department visits, hospitalizations, and intensive care unit admissions. And again, if you look at the point of diversion of the two lines of placebo and the active vaccine, you find that that happened about two weeks after the administration of the second dose. So in summary, the viral vector-based vaccines are particularly effective at preventing severe or critical COVID-19 disease, but also symptomatic disease. Knowledge of these data will help us explain to our patients the importance of vaccines play in preventing COVID-19 infection. In the next session, we shall discuss the relevant safety data for viral vector-based COVID-19 vaccines for adults including possible key adverse events of interest. Both J-Covden and Baxervia vaccines are associated with adverse events of interest, including hypersensitivity and anaphylaxis, coagulation disorders, including thrombosis with thrombocytopenia syndrome. Now, as healthcare professionals, we should be alert to the signs and symptoms of thromboembolism and or thrombocytopenia. Then, capillary leak syndrome in some cases with fetal outcome. In fact, patients with a known history of capillary leak syndrome should not be vaccinated with viral vector-based vaccines. Guillain barre syndrome and transverse myelitis, which have been reported very rarely following vaccination with J-Covten and Ovaxervia. Those vaccinated should be instructed to seek immediate medical attention if they develop symptoms such as shortness of breath, chest pain, leg pain, leg swelling, or persistent abdominal pain following vaccination. 
Now, on this slide, you see the adverse events that were reported in the ensemble study. Adverse events are possible, but they're usually short-lived. On this slide, you see the adverse events that have been reported with Vaxelvia in the double-blind randomized placebo-controlled phase three trial. Again, in general, the viral vector vaccines are well tolerated. Overall, viral vector-based COVID-19 vaccines have a manageable safety profile. However, they may be associated with some adverse events of concern. Understanding adverse events of concern and how to monitor for these symptoms will help us better manage our patients. In the next session, we will discuss how the SARS-CoV-2 virus mutates and leads to variants of concern and the guidance for continuing with vaccination despite a continually mutating virus. During the replication process, random errors can occur in the SARS-CoV-2 RNA that may change the instructions for making the virus. When key mutations occur in the virus genetic material, variants are formed, which generally change the shape of the spike glycoprotein on the virus surface. A variant can either confer advantage or sometimes disadvantage to the virus. A successful new variant usually binds to human cells receptors better and enter cells better. This can result in greater transmissibility, more severe disease, but also escape from the immune system, giving the virus the ability to reinfect previously infected individuals, but also to infect vaccinated individuals, the so-called vaccine escape. We have had a number of SARS-CoV-2 variants of consent. The variants that have dominated more than others are the alpha variant, which was detected in the UK in September 2020. A month later, South Africa detected the beta variant. And a month after that, Brazil detected the gamma variant. The delta variant was detected in India in December 2020. And the Omicron variant was detected in South Africa in November 2021. Currently, the available vaccines are based on the original Wuhan strain of the virus and are able to elicit a broad immune response that involves a range of antibodies and cells. For this reason, available vaccines today may provide various degrees of protection against the new variants. Our scientists may need to change the composition of the vaccines to protect against new variants. We may need to incorporate more than one strain in our vaccines. Also, we may need to administer regular booster doses of vaccine. In summary, the SARS-CoV-2 virus, like any other virus, is continually mutating virus. However, vaccination remains an important means of protection against infection and our currently authorized vaccines by the European Medicines Agency and the WHO that include the viral vector-based vaccines maintain efficacy against the SARS-CoV-2 virus in spite of these mutations. In the next session, we will discuss how to communicate with patients who have not as yet accepted vaccination against the SARS-CoV-2 virus. We will also discuss key communication strategies to use when discussing vaccination with these patients. The COVID-19 pandemic has seen an explosion of myths and inaccuracies regarding COVID-19 disease 
Among the possible consequences of misinformation are mistrusts of experts, public health, and government, encouragement of ineffective actions for infection prevention, and use of ineffective remedies. Mistrust of vaccination can adversely affect vaccination rates. This can result in greater susceptibility to COVID-19 infection. Here are some myths and here are the facts. A myth, the long-term effects of COVID-19 vaccines are unknown. Well, vaccine material quickly degrades. Immunologic memory remains. Risk of severe outcomes from COVID-19 infection is considerably higher than any possible risk associated with severe vaccine outcomes. A myth. Once an individual contracts SARS-CoV-2, vaccination is no longer necessary. Well, the immune response after infection varies. The response to vaccines is generally more controlled, strong, and consistent. A myth. Vaccines don't work. Vaccinated individuals still get infected. Well, vaccines are not 100% effective, but they are very effective to a large extent, and particularly in preventing severe disease in the fully vaccinated. COVID-19 vaccination also shows protection against known variants of concern. And finally, a few words about communicating with patients. We must first accept that it is good for patients to have questions or express concerns about vaccines. I would suggest that we listen to them carefully, acknowledge their feelings, and then offer them the correct evidence-based information. Don't dismiss patients' concerns. Acknowledge it is okay to have questions or concerns. You can ask them why do they feel that way so that you can gain a better understanding of their feelings. Explore the reasons for not as yet being vaccinated so that you can answer their concerns and also bring up and augment the positive points for getting vaccinated for that individual, their family, and friends, and their community. You may wish to explain more the benefits of vaccination and offer yourself as an example. You are one of the most important examples of vaccine acceptance. Offer them the best information you have, and if not sure about something, offer to help them find the information they need. Communicating with our patients, aiming to enable them to accept the vaccination, which is crucial element in controlling this pandemic virus. Thank you very much for your attention. Thank you for listening. Please visit the activity URL in the episode description to view all program materials complete the post-test, and get a certificate.